Ooh, All right, three. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 13 of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name is Evan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Dude, Boston, uh finished work for the day. Cracked a little Mickey Ulch. Oh, ready to go. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I just opened Twitter for like the first time today and I saw that the NHL and 20 of the teams are suing uh, five of their insurance providers, alleging that the companies have breached contracts, refusing to reimburse more than a billion dollars worth of losses due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Wow. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Uh, I feel like I heard something about it, but I didn't uh, know to the extent that you just uh, said that what yeah. it was. So yeah, the- that, that's pretty wild. Yeah, the NHLPA lawyer and economic consultants are going to go in, it looks like. So, more to come on that. But this is a Red Wings podcast, Stock Red Wings, coming off a nice ass-kicking of the San Jose Sharks last night. Was it 6-2 final or 5-2? 6-2? Um, either way, kick their asses. That was a game that Detroit needed to win. Um, not not that we're really hanging on for wins right now, but um, no, that was that was a morale-boosting game at home. The LCA was rocking a little bit. Um, Giovanni Smith with that early fight. So good to see. Um, thoughts on that game? Oh, it was a great fucking game. Great game. Uh, Bertuzzi played gate. Man, what did I tell you, too? I texted you before the game. I said, the boys got to come out hungry, hard, fucking gate porn hard. And uh, they came <laughs> they came out and they were hitting and they were, get, you know, getting physical. And Giovanni Smith, uh, you know, I think I think the five in a game was a bit excessive. Um I think a two-minute penalty suffices on that, but I'm not a referee in the NHL, so... Uh, but, uh, yeah, he had a good fight. You know, he was getting energy going, and, and Bertuzzi and Suter, and, like, I texted you, too, like, when I, I kind of jumped up in my seat when there was the breakaway, and then I heard it was Puse, and I was, like, literally, like... And then I just, oh, yeah, okay, he's going to score. I, like, yeah. I just like having that confidence in our team that it's like, oh, man, yeah, he'll get it. Like, because when it was Darren Helm jumping up, and it's like... <laughs> Fuck, it's Halmer, man. And I love Halmer, but like he's not ever he's not gonna score. <laughs> what was the stat? He was like one for like a hundred and like forty-eight or something on breakaways. Yeah, yeah. Like, an impossible number. Yeah, it was but, bad. Yeah. Um, like you said, for, for somebody a, who was that fast and and a, yeah. a good hockey player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned PS Suter, he had a great game. I've been high on him all year. I'm gonna keep saying that. Um, that's one of the few things I've been right on on this podcast since uh, its conception. Bertuzzi looks like a legitimate superstar. He's like on the cusp of like being in that consideration, I think, after this year. Uh, Dylan yeah, Larkin. Yeah, he's uh, like, he's, yeah, a 40 goal scorer. Yeah, maybe. he's a fucking monster. Just like Uncle uh, Todd. Just like Uncle Todd. Uh, Larkin continues to look like he's a one seat. That's great to see. Um, I, I'm not going to say this is a negative, but this was the first, first game that Moritz Sider looked like a human when he got knocked down like the first minute of the game. Yeah, that was I don't, like it was it was a hit. He went down. People were yeah. like people on Twitter were like, oh, my God, Cider got rocked. I was like, relax. Like he got checked, man. He's but that's a guy who like feeds off that. Like he, I feel like that guy wants to get hit. You know, he wants to play a physical. Oh, game. yeah. He wants to get whether he's given the hits or taking yeah. the hits. He wants he wants that to be his game. Um, 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, not like that was like, oh, no, he got ragdolled. He got hit. He was off balance a little bit. Maybe off that pass so whatever not a big deal um raymond had an assist good for him points keep coming there rass had a point letty had a point 
I mean, everyone played a pretty solid game. Nettie looked good in that. Um, yeah, good to see. Uh, message sent to Zadina with the healthy scratch. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, he got health bombed. What, what, I don't know. What's your take on that? Because I fucking hate it, I'll be honest. Uh, sometimes I think you just need to, a reset, like a, a, a pause, you know, sit sit in the press box for a night and watch the game, uh, you know, slowed down kind of because uh, you're not on the ice. So you kind of watch it. It's kind of slowed down. You can see the replays. You can see what guys are doing. I think it um, it helps. I think it helped Rasmussen um, in December. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully it helps Zadina. I mean, and people want to fucking lose their mind about Zadina. He's seventh in his draft class in scoring. He was the <laughs> yeah. sixth pick. So, like, only one guy is succeeding him that shouldn't, like, uh, not in that, but, like, you know what I mean? He, he is in the top six or seven, of, and he was n- number six. So there's only, you know, he's one guy, one other guy there that shouldn't be, but, you know, he's there. Yeah, so yeah. Stop, stop, like, yeah, he's not gone as quick as we wanted. And, yeah, I wish I could go back and uh, Steve Eisenman was our GM because maybe he picks Quinn Hughes. Right. But, you know, hindsight. Yeah, and I think we'll probably be banging this drum until he gets traded or – whatever else happens, but I like Phil Zadina. I think he has a ton of potential. And the crazy part is like when he was a prospect, one of his biggest assets was his shot. And it feels like nowadays he's just not using it enough. So as soon as he gets that shot pumping again, like we've been saying it forever, but points uh, are going you gotta to get, come. You got to get your confidence. Yeah. He's yeah, got to get, get you know, and if he doesn't have confidence and he's got to get it from somewhere and, uh, how about um yeah I I like him so I hope that uh, you know he figures it out or they figure it out or you know they get him on the right path. Um I I think uh, what's your opinion um of this I think um Rasmussen's being molded into uh, um a, like a steady third line center like a Jordan Stall type that could stand in front of the net and take a beating like Homer. Uh, okay, not he's not going to be not, as good no, at, I was gonna at say, taking like, the beating, but you know that yeah. kind of play. I think, I think that's what Rasmussen's been uh, being molded into. Somebody that's, uh, you know, he's on your third line, but he's a value that uh, succeeds uh, a lot of other players. Yeah, and, like, how many cup contending teams have a guy like Rask, a power forward on your third or fourth line? He's not going to put up, you know, more than 25, 30 points a year, but he's a presence. And if you can stick him on your second PP right in front of the net and, and play off time and let him get a tap in or a rebound or a stick deflection, like that's, that's what you're paying the money for. That's what you're hoping that your third and fourth line is driving, especially in a power forward. So yeah, I, I think you're right. Like that they're molding him for that role instead of, you know, like a second line scoring forward. So. Yeah. And somebody said, somebody said the right thing to him yesterday or he did the right pregame thing yesterday. Cause man, he looked real good yesterday. He did. Um, uh, yeah. Like, you know, somebody just said, said the right thing or he figured out the right thing or there was a fire lit under his ass for some reason. Uh, yeah, just, he was all over the place last night and, you know, he's been given a big, um, uh, a hard role because Detroit's third line mm-hmm. is pretty much a shutdown line and that's what he's centering. And he's still a young player, um, an yeah. experienced player. Um, and yeah, that's a tough role and he's, he's done it well, you know, he played going up, uh, high minutes against other teams, top units mm-hmm. and, uh, the, and the defensive responsibilities of centering that line could, could, you know, take, 
take uh knock somebody off their game a little bit you know um but right you know all, all things considering when you think about all that stuff um you know his his face-off abilities have taken leaps leaps forward um and then playing him on the wing has made a made him a completely yeah. different uh a role so you can see you know how how agile and versatile he is to go around and i um i think he's wor- i think he's good and i think uh i like him long term yeah um he can play both wings too so like that's a bonus um you know plug and play type of guy uh as far as long term goes i don't know he's 22 well, I, I mean, till he's like 25. Okay. I don't mean, yeah, I want to, oh, yeah, he'll be here until he's 30. Yeah. I, I just so. mean that by that, yeah. you know, like, I don't, I just want to, don't mean like, yeah, I want him here until he's 40. Yeah. Until like 2033 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, any other Red Wings news before we kind of get like league wise, league wide news? Um, I think Larkin, uh, as good as we've been talking about him and as good as he's been, or as much as we've been talking about him, as good as he's been, mm-hmm. I think he's um, at some points taken a back seat kind of to the rookies this season, it seems like. Like yeah. p- people aren't um, paying attention to what Larkin's up to. Um, but, you know, his, his on pace for 82 this season is 86 points and 43 goals. So that's Fucking awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, um, I, you know what I wanted to say something like kind of to that point. This is like the first year in a very long time that people are like actually noticing like the Red Wings stars that aren't rookies. Well, we just got rookies this year, but like a Larkin and Bertuzzi, you see like the social media accounts like posting about like how good these guys are. So that's great to see. And like this has been the best version of them that they've probably been at in their careers, right? They're driving that line. Like when that line is humming with Bertuzzi and Lark. Bertuzzi, Larkin, and um, uh, Raymond. It's like one of the best in the league. So good to see that it's getting some attention. Yep. Boys are, uh, as Kid Rock would say, in it to win it like Iserman. Yep. Um, oh, before we get to league-wide news, I want to say also, um, go follow the social media accounts, Instagram, and then on Twitter, we're making a big push there. Um, per- Purple Octopus Red Sweater. If you search that, you'll find us. Um, Wes Wright is Wes's Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is uh, Red Wings Oven. Um, so just wanted to quickly shout out that. But so a trade just happened today in the league. Uh, Nylander? I think it's hilarious. Is that who you're talking about? The Nylander trade? Yep. Nylander for Sam Lafferty. Is that what it was? One for yeah. one, Sam Lafferty, Alex Nylander. Um, I was looking at their hockey DBs. Alex was out last year with that knee injury prior to that yep. season. So 2019, 2020, he got 65 games played 26 points. So significantly under half a point a game. Um, that was not his rookie year, but he wasn't getting many minutes in Buffalo before he got traded. So I've always been high on the Nylanders. I like those. I like the Swedes um, this year in the AHL 23 games played. 12 points. Sam Lafferty is around the same mark, a little bit less. Um, but I mean, the woes in Chicago are very evident. It looks like they're just going to go for a full rebuild here. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, Dylan Strom gets traded. Uh, Steve Eisman got on the phone for that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that whole trade? Um, I mean, I just wasn't, I don't, I didn't really 
pay attention to it because uh, it just wasn't that big of a deal, I thought. But, um, yeah, I do like the Nylanders, both of them. Um, I think Alex will be a good hockey player in his own right. Um, not as good as his brother, but. Yeah. Uh, you just got to remember that whenever there's a Blackhawks trade, I'm all over it because I hate those guys. So I think it's just funny <laughs> to see them yeah. kind of self-implode. Um, what else we got here? Oh, yeah. This is interesting. I looked up the uh, to date the best um, like home crowds, like the rankings. Um, what do you think the Red Wings were ranked? One through 32. Top, top three. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's Steve Eisenman's number. Wow. That's yeah. terrible. 19. I mean, it makes sense, though, because. At, like what for home for like attendance or what are you talking about? No attendance were actually like top five, but this is yeah, like okay. this is like um yard barkers like fan rating, you know. So like how the how the crowd actually is and we're 19. I went there, I thought it was electric. Oh, okay, okay, I get that. Okay, yeah, okay. I thought you meant uh what I thought you were saying was um like the Red Wing fan attendance in other arenas. Oh no, 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 like the actual like I guess like the vibe in NHL uh, arenas league-wide. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that kind of wow, makes actually, sense, I guess. We're actually 18 in uh, attendance. That's crazy. But selling out 80 or selling at 86%, uh, percent, which is like almost 30% better than last year. So we'll take that. Yeah, I think attendance has been t- it got it got hit because of the the hard economy in the automotive uh, industry in Detroit. Oh, yeah. and, and then, and, and with the Red Wings not winning these people that were out of jobs, um, you know, uh, weren't paying money to go to hockey games and they fucking sucked. So, I mean, that yeah, also, that, yeah, that's what I mean. You're, you're not here. <laughs> that, that, sorry. If, I thought that's what I said, but yeah, yeah, when the team's, when the team's not doing well, you're not going to pay the money that you, you yeah. know, you don't really have to go to a game. So, I mean, it is an unreal environment, though. So, like, when when they're good, that stadium's gonna be elite. Cause like that that venue is like legitimately a beautiful place. I mean, I think when I went there, capacity was like twenty k. It was probably like fifteen k there, and it was it was loud. It was it was a great time. So, yeah, I went. Um, I went a couple years ago. Um, my first time at Little Caesars was. Um, uh, sorry, not my first time at Little Caesars. The last time I was at Little Caesars was the night uh, opening night um, before COVID. So 2020, or was that 2019 19 to 20? Yeah. Um, uh, opening night, like our uh, Mantha rather had four goals against Dallas and it was sold out. And it was, yeah, it was loud in there. Yeah. It's a cool place. Um, other news: Connor McDavid was placed on COVID protocol about half an hour ago at this time. Um, Wa- waivers, waivers. Connor McDavid's on waivers. Placed on waivers <laughs> by Kenny Two Time, Kenny Holland. Uh, so yeah, that sucks. COVID, another casualty. Um, they don't play tonight, do they? Oh, they played Toronto tonight, actually. So that's gonna suck for them. Um, I mean, they're in a they're in a spiral downhill right now. The Oilers are. They've looked like shit. Um, yeah, they geez. need a goaltender, man. They need a fucking goaltender bed. I wonder who they make a play for. Like, I know I listened to Spit and Chicklets, and they said like Mark Andre could be an option, but that's a big contract for a team with not a lot of cap space. 
Oh yeah, but you uh like you flip them back Koskinen or something because they're both at the end of their deals, right? I don't know what Koskinen's uh Kos- Koskinen makes four and a half, and this is the last oh. year of his deal. So he probably signed like a fifth rounder. And Flurry makes seven, and it's the last of his. But I mean that could uh that would open up uh uh, Edmonton would still need to uh yeah to shed more salary. Um uh, what, what do you think it would take to flip I mean, Mark get... Andre? Sorry, Mark Andre. Yeah, what do you think it, the trade package would be? It'd probably be Koskinen in like a fifth or a fourth for um Flurry and like retain twenty five percent of his salary, something like that. Yeah, Chicago would have to retain some of Flurry's salary, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a big deal because, again, he's off the books at the end of the year. So it's not like you're retaining anything next year or for for multiple years. Yeah, it's like 30 games or whatever it would be, 35 games. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know. I kind of want to get your take about, like, we do this, like, once a podcast, and I think it's good because the Red Wings and, like, their situation has been – relatively the same the entire season like hovering right around 500 but now we're getting closer you know to the end of the year like halfway point i should say we're 16 15 and 3 out of a playoff spot what's kind of like your outlook on the season so far and like what do you think you want us to do or what in realistic what do you think we're going to do middle of the pack man i think we're like we might finish probably around 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. A lot depends on, um, you know, how, what it goes down with this COVID shit, because, you know, you get teams missing these players and they're playing these taxi squads that, you know, and, and with guys like McDavid and drive out, you know, um, like look at Boston. I think they had like uh, Marshan and Pasta out for like a couple games, and it's like, yeah, those are important players on an important team that's almost uh, not not yeah. maybe in the playoffs right now, even. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, if Detroit stays healthy and lucky with COVID, and other teams don't, then then it's a whole different thing. It's just it's a, it's a new world that we have to live in. That uh, you know, we got to depend on whether guys are playing because they got a, uh, symptoms of a flu or they they don't even have symptoms like, but they can't play. So that yeah. could, that could fuck a lot of teams over. Yeah. And like, hopefully if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, this is not like a political statement or anything like that, but the NHL has to fix the, the COVID stuff right now, because right now, like it's kind of ridiculous, especially people- with how many players are coming out saying, fuck this. We- yeah, who, some uh, Carter Hart, or I think, yeah, I think it was Carter Hart, just spoke out and was like, hey, there's guys on my team, speaking of the uh, Flyers, we'll get to that shortly, but that these guys are testing positive with no symptoms or very, very mild symptoms, and it, it, they've been ravaged by injury, and speaking of Philly, we need them to get going here, because if they pass us up in point percentage, that puts us at uh, 20th overall in um, points percentage, so, or er, 20 from the bottom. So technically, you know, 10 from the yeah. top or 10 from the bottom. Excuse me. Could still get Shane right in that case. But yeah, they got to figure out a fucking solution for this because it's getting ridiculous. 
Yeah, yeah, and I like Philly, man. Like I like, but you know they they've been they've been damper. Ryan Ellis has missed a shit ton of time. Um, you know he's on the long term because he's missed a lot of time. You seen people on Twitter the other day even saying, "Oh, uh, Ellis is not doesn't even exist." Ryan Ellis is a figment of people's <laughs> imaginations. Um, I mean, you know they they make a big trade for him. They're they're paying him six point two five. You know they take on his contract that has you know this year and five more, and he's played four games for him. And that, that hurts. Much of them. Yeah, that, that's that tough. hurts. Um, you know, they uh they got fucking old steady reliable uh Keith on the back end, you know, playing every damn game. What a warrior that guy is. Attaboy, <laughs> Jens. Um, yeah, and then you know, up front they've been hurt with injuries too, you know, to Konechny and to to uh Lawton and Van Reemsdijk has missed some time and Hayes missed a lot of time. Um, yeah, and Carter Hart uh, got to get got to get going too, but uh, you know the whole team does really. Yeah, I like the Flyers, like you said as well. But with with all of these um, COVID things, we might see some minor league guys being called up. So look out for that. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, what do you got for us? Uh, I don't know. Oh. Um, out of guys who um, guys who are be uh, free agents, mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion on um, on them. Uh, okay, so Zadina right now, like yeah. uh, like one hundred percent coming back, maybe coming back, probably not coming back. What do you think? One hundred percent coming back. I I think we talked about it a couple pods ago. I think we were right before. I still agree with that take that he'll probably get a bridge deal. Two years, two and a half mil. Um, not a needle mover, but a guy that – a prove-it deal, obviously, with that with that bridge. So he'll be turning 25 if he does get those two years. At that case – or at that point, hopefully we are contending for, you know, like a deep run, maybe not a cup. Um, and that's like a good kind of like measuring stick to see if he's putting up um, less than half point a game, half point a game, more than half point a game. And I think we'll really see like what he is going to be in the next two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same thing. He'll be, he'll be back. Um, he's really been s- solid statistically this season. When you look at it, uh, like analytically, statistically, um, and the lack of goal production just means that he'll get a far cheaper contract. Mm-hmm. Because if Steve Eisenman's anything like, a, like us, he believes that Philip Zedina has that upside the ceiling is still high enough that you can ha- see that growth in those two years, especially like 23 to 24, are like such like critical years in development. So like, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Who's the next guy though? Cause I, I think we'll probably be on the same page about a lot of these, but I think there's one guy that will be a little different on uh, Mitchell Stevens probably doesn't come back. That's kind of like roll the dice. Um. He, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He's the guy that I think. Um, you know, he's a good bottom six guy, a uh, good fourth line guy. He's on the cheap as Eiserman tries to turn the turn the roster yeah. around. Still here, right? So I don't think he's uh, when we're a contending team, but uh, I think Mitch Stevens could be in the could be in the plan for the next year and possibly yeah. you know a two 
two years. You know, if you give them a two-year deal for for nine hundred grand or a million bucks. Yeah, we then... just talked about like the bridge deal for Zadina. I think this is a bridge guy to bring us out of the rebuild into like a contending team. He's twenty-four years old. Like if if Eisenman does sign him for maybe who one Mitch? Year. Mitch, yeah, yeah. If he signs him for one year or two years, doesn't hurt a fly. He's gonna be he's gonna be uh, asking for like what less than one point two five. That's nothing. We have a million. We have a billion dollars in cap space, like you said. Yeah, fourth line guy. And, and he like yeah, he's cheap. He's young. He's safe. Yeah, um, he's safe. He, he's yeah. not the most exciting guy, but fuck man, he's a hell of a defensive center on the penalty kill. Yeah. Uh, not that we've seen a lot of them this year, but. Yep. Um, how about how about Troy Stetcher? What do you think? He, what's going to happen with him? Stetch. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see him uh, in the plans. I feel like Eiserman. I don't think he's going to lowball him, but I think he's going to give him like a pretty conservative offer, and Stetcher probably walks. Because there there are teams that could use him. Yeah. Yeah, there will there will be teams that need him that could that could give him some money. His old team, um, Vancouver. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think Detroit would be one of those teams. Um, so yeah, I don't think Stasher comes back. Um, if he comes back and plays, hopefully we could maybe move him for something. Yeah, but um, yeah, other than that, yeah. I am so confused still about. I know we've talked about it a bunch, but when Verona comes back, like, what if? What if this team turns it around with like that ignition of scoring? Yeah, that's it. That's a, a thing that I always forget too until we kind of talk about it. Like when you just brought it up, it's like, yeah, that's right. Verona's still going to come back and uh, you know give him a give him a shock and kind of yeah. boost the lineup and and then you know he when he get it, it's exciting things because if Detroit's in the place they're at now um, in a month from now, say. That'll be more towards, you know, closer to the playoffs. And then Verona comes back and sparks them. And then he's excited because he's playing. And then that excites the rest of the guys because they're like, oh, hey, look at him. When they, when you're worn down in the dog days, yeah. all of a sudden here comes fresh meat. And it's like, hey, guys, let's get here going. Comes, and then, you yeah. know, Bertuzzi and Larkin and, and Raymond, they see him doing it. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's let's get going like like Jake is. Let's, like here, uh, let's step here, it up yeah. here. Let's here get excited like- again. Here comes like potentially one of your best players, fresh legs, ready to go. And we saw what happened. We got him last year. He scored that breakaway goal out of the box on that penalty. He was great last year. He was great. Like he's such a fun player to watch. I don't think that it would be enough. To, yeah, I like, keep forgetting about him, man. And now I can't wait to see him because I'm like, yeah, he was so good last year. And then you know what? Like again, it's been so long, and he was so short of a time that he was a Red Wing that it's like. It just doesn't kind of slips my mind. It's not like, oh shit, Larkin's still out of the lineup. Just slips my mind that, yeah, yeah, Verona's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, next guy, I think I, I've completely flipped my opinion on this guy. And like you've been banging his drum all year, but Nemo, Vlad Nemestikov, he'll, he'll be a UFA. What do you think happens with him? Oh, he's got to come back. Nemo's, Nemo's back. He's got to fucking come back. He has to. Yeah, he Nemo's back. Nemo's yeah, back I, unless uh, unless you know uh, somebody wants him at the deadline or something, and uh, yeah. Eisenman move, moves him for something. And he comes right on back, <laughs> and then and then maybe he <laughs> could still come back. That's true. Yeah. 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 No, I th- I think that when Vlad scores a goal or even gets an assist or is on the ice for a goal, like he's the most fired up guy on the ice. 
He wants to be here. And I think with Nemo's age, he's only, he's 29. The, but... the, last, the, the, sorry to cut you off. The, no, no. Before, before last night's game, the, the two games we lost coming back, Mestikov was the best forward. I didn't watch much of the game on New Year's Day. So I'll, I'll take your word for it. Or New okay, Year's sorry, Eve, excuse me. But sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think with. As we know, Eisenman, he's he's not going to give more than a two-year deal to a guy of Nemo's age. So I think the rest of the time that he's in Detroit, it'll be one-year deals. Not yeah, very different from a Zadina or um, anyone else where it's like an earn it. It's like Muskov come in here, play a nice third-line role, give us some scoring, some depth scoring. We'll keep bringing you back as long as you're as long as you're working for us. Yeah, exactly. Listen, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you five years and then no. you know you fall apart. But you know, come in, prove that you can do it. We'll get we'll give you this contract. Come prove you can do it, and I'll give you another contract. No no question. And if you yeah. can't do it, sorry, you're not getting another contract. That's just the way the game works. Uh, to I, I, I Estikov is. Uh, I mean, he, not not. I think he is. He's an Eiserman guy. He's Eiserman's yeah. guy from Tampa. Eiserman drafted him. Eiserman loves him. Yeah. Um, and for him to come back and, and uh, you know, for him to get get him back, wouldn't have Eiserman wouldn't have got him back unless he was somebody that he loved. Yeah, and when we are a good team and contending for cups and deep playoff runs, like you need veterans, and this team doesn't have many guys that'll be around for those runs. Nemo's at a great age where he can be like that vet presence. So you bring him back year to year. You start making runs. He's probably 31, 32. He's like a guy that, you can, like I said, second your third line scoring depth right there. Loves being here. A guy that's going to fire you up. Like I could see him scoring like, you know, in a game six, you know, like an overtime winner. And it's like, holy shit. Thank you again, Steve Eiserman, for, for reciting this guy. Yeah. Uh, um, Taro Hirose. Um, How old is he? 24, 25? He's 20. Um. Either way, I think, again, probably dice roll if I if I had. He's twenty five. I'd say I'd say he's gone. He'll be he'll be twenty six by next season. Yeah, I don't think he returns. Um, I think he's officially stuck in the a. Uh, let's not say stuck. I think he's an AHL player. I don't want to say he's stuck in the AHL. It's still a great league. Um, but right. it's clear that the organization sees him as a minor leaguer. Uh, able to slot in, you know, when when he when he needs to be necessitated, uh, yeah. but it's unlikely that they looked off for somebody that like uh, unless he's hell bent on sticking with Detroit, uh, you know, yeah. because then he could you know make a roster, um, uh, you know, he could uh, come as a training camp or whatever invitee and then you know get an AHL contract or something. But I'm sure that uh, there's teams around the league that would take a flyer. He'll probably be like, a, if he does stay, which probably seems unlikely, but if he does stay, he'll be like a rally barber where he's going to be in the AHL for 85, 90% of his career. Get called up for a couple games here and there. But yeah, I agree with you. But I mean, hey, he's undrafted. He's, he's an undrafted player. So, you know, he's making money. He played. He played in the NHL. That's the dream. Yeah, it's the dream. Yeah, he did it. Got to the show. Uh, we got three goaltenders on the list. I was the, just going to uh, say one, one we've talked about before, Philip Larson. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we've talked about him before. Uh, just the, the guy, I, I thought he was going to be something I liked when he played at the world juniors for Sweden. And I, I watched him because I knew he was a red wing draft pick. Um, 
I got, and he played, uh, he played in university of Denver, I believe as a Swede, Swede that came over to play NCAA. Um, overall, I just don't think it's good enough to that, you know, to convince anybody that he's going to ever get off the ground. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 23 years old that he's just probably running out of time to prove himself when he's still playing. And right now he's only playing in still the second tier. He's not even in the Swedish elite league. Um, He's in the second tier. That's probably, yeah, you're not going to be returning uh, yeah. to an NHL team. I know this is like completely different situations, but I was watching the Calgary game last night or two nights ago. Um, Markstrom, he was a goalie for Arizona four or five years ago and had like an 863. He was like Mark, seven. Markstrom, Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. He played for Arizona. I think you're wrong. He played in Florida. Hold on. We're going to look this up. He was drafted by Florida. He played for Vancouver. Or maybe we're getting the teams confused. Florida, Vancouver, and Calgary, man. Oh, shit. Okay. I I thought you were trying to stump stump me or something, you know? Like, nobody can do that in hockey. Nobody can stump me. I was kind of buzzed, but there was, like, a goalie who was really good now. Like a Markstrom-esque, whoever that game was against. I think it was against – well, either way. But my point was is that goalies, like, have these weird shelf lives where, like, they can turn Humber. 28. And Cumber become... was in Arizona. Maybe it was Gems. I don't know. Cumber, Cumber's in Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm an idiot. Dash one for me. Uh, point was that – Shelf life, they can turn like 28, 29 years old and like totally recharge their careers and become, you know, like real good goalies. I know uh, they, Philip they can if you if you're yeah, sticking yeah. around, at least in the minors where Philip Larson is and somebody that's, gonna right. have, you know, he, he if he can't even be hacking it at the AHL level, mm. then um, and then yeah, the next just, next. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that was just like a very like weird and now it just doesn't make sense. People are like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But sorry, yeah. next guy, go ahead. <laughs> um, our taxi squad goaltender, Victor Bratstrom. Uh, he's 25. I think he's a little 20, bit older, right? 24. 24. He's it'll be 25 I'm, in March. Um, you know, he's a, he was a sixth round pick in 18. I don't know. I don't really care that much, to be honest with you. There <laughs> is like a there is a goal that I do care about more. Who's playing for the wings? I don't know. What, what do you think about Thomas Grice? What What do you think is going to happen with him? Well, I don't think Thomas Grice is back. Yeah, unless it's like a one point, like one million dollar deal, just for one more year until. Yeah, yeah, because you want to keep Costa down, uh, down still, and yeah, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have uh, another prospect like somebody. Like, like if Pickard resigns, he wouldn't be no the NHL backup. Um, I have no problem with Calvin Pickard resigning, but um, yeah, he's not going to be the NHL backup goaltender. Yeah, and I think that Detroit will use like a, a guy like um, uh, Thomas Grice for the next couple of years until Kosa is ready. And uh, Nettie's like a little bit older where he's, he's ready to take on more, even though he is playing a fucking ton of games. So, um, but I, I could see them signing like another guy like Jonathan Bernier, probably not Jonathan Bernier, but you know, a guy like him later in his career. Um, 
a chance to play like split with Nettie next year. So, yeah. Um, I'm looking at the uh, UFA goalies for next year. Um, Miko Koskinen is going to be UFA. Um, Halak. Oh my God, Miko Koskinen. No, he needs to go get the f- go get out of the NHL. Yeah, Pavel Franku, that would be interesting. Um, wow, Jack Campbell UFA next year. I'm, I'll be surprised if he's not back in Toronto. I won't be. They got no money to sign him. True, true. They, they do have not. No money to sign him because they imagine? gave it all to Mrazek. Can you imagine if? Oh, I would love Jack Campbell at like four, and soul. you know, three, three million, four million bucks, five million bucks. He's making one point six five. He's probably going to ask for double that, right? So probably like three and a half, somewhere around there. Three and a half to to four. Yeah, I would assume is what he'll ask for. Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. I, I I think if we do sign a guy like that though, who like is like a legitimate like top ten goalie. Steve will only do that like if he knows we can can compete, which probably isn't next year. So, yeah, Toronto has nobody big enough coming off the books this year that that they can give him, you know, and and then still place other guys. Who do you think they you know? Move? They, like they could they could with with what they're going to clear this year, they could sign Campbell, but then they wouldn't be able to fill out a roster. The only like notable UFAs are Makayev, Andre Casa. Yeah, uh, that's what that's... I mean, though. But you know what I mean? You still got to bring back guys of, of that caliber so they have no room to sign Campbell. And they they have nobody that is of any value to anybody that uh, um, as much as Toronto values them. Yeah, agreed. Uh, William Nylander is the one Toronto values the most, I'm sure. Oh, any not, uh, not the most. More than Marner, I would think. Um, I disagree. Out of, so of, of a trade, but you don't want to, tr- yeah, he's the only one that teams are going to want because, because the money's right. Yeah. I, I think, see, I disagree with that because I think if there was one player like in that core that they're going to move, it would be Will Nylander. Yeah. But I think they'd want to hold on to him because he's playing great. He's playing really great, but you, you really can't trade. Okay. Well, the- no, you can't because of the money. With Marner and well, you're not going to trade Matthews. Well, no, you're going to let Matthews just walk away when he does. You're not going to trade Tavares because he's making eleven million dollars. You can't trade him. He's thirty-one years old. Yeah, and he's got ten more years left on his contract. No, he's got not that 35 much. Thirty-five more but... years on his contract, and he's the captain too. And he's from Toronto. Like that would be that would be like uh, a after this year, he only has three more years left. Wow, has he been there that long already? Been there for yeah, he his... has been there four or five. This is his fifth fourth, year. Fifth year. Wow, Jesus. No, that's what I'm saying. I think Nylander is the only one that you can. This is do. his fourth year. Yeah. yeah. So he has three more. Yeah, yeah. He's a seven-year deal. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think that you can only move Nylander if you're going to. But, like, again, like you said, like, he's playing on real. Like, yeah, but they're going to ask for the fucking moon for him. What do you think he would get? Two firsts? So, yeah. Two low firsts. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's maybe that's a guy that uh, again though. Like I don't know. I, I don't think Steve would do that, obviously. But I would love to have Will Nylander on this. Team. Oh, I wouldn't move. Yeah, no, not for that price though. No, 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 no. If um, Iserman could drop uh, a couple seconds on them, okay. A couple seconds in a prospect pool that we have like too many guys in. Like, 
too many calls. Not, yeah, not too many calls. Give, give him a second, a fourth, and Troy Stasher. They can't even afford. <laughs> yeah, they can't right. even afford Troy Stasher. <laughs> well, they could if they got rid of Nylander, I guess. But what what um, top tier prospect would you give up for Nylander? Ooh, buddy. Not obviously not Brayman or Sider or Edvinson. No, no, no. Not no. um not Jonathan Berggren. Um I would do Berger and one for one. If if it, it wouldn't happen. Oh it... yeah, one for one, or even like one for a fourth. But I wouldn't do like a first round pick and Bergeron and something else. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I would yeah, do like yeah. a first and a and a prospect and the prospect and let the prospect be Bergeron. The thing is though that we're we, doing they them can a have favor. they can have they can have a fourth, a second, uh, and uh, Stesher and Hiroshi. <laughs> Christ, yeah, they'd they'd hang up the phone immediately. What? How about like they, would t- um, they could? They should probably take that. They get a fourth and a second, and they get a bunch of cap room to sign Campbell. True. W- what about like Soderblom, Carter Mazer, and a I, I, second? I'd move. Uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do that. I'd do that too. Because I was gonna say Soderblom, uh, like as a prospect at, with a pick. Like a first and a prospect or something, I would say Soderblom could be the prospect. Or even like yeah. a guy like, or like Chase Pearson and Soderblom. Chase Pearson, the guy who's like almost yeah, ready Chase for the Pierce, NHL. Chase Pearson's like 25, though. They're gonna but he's almost ready for the more, NHL. Like, yeah, but they're going to want guy. somebody more prospecty. True. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, Pearson, though, Pearson, 25 in the AHL, is could be ready for the NHL, or true. I'm ready to just stay here. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what else we got? We can do, we can do the gambling stuff unless you got more stuff to talk about. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. All right. Let's fucking, let's talk some gambling. Are you just going to do it for the night or, uh, yeah, I also wanted to talk about how far are we looking? Yeah. Just tonight. I also wanted to look at some futures too. While you're getting that pulled up, I'll read you some, uh, some lines off. Um, let me pull this up real quick. Shit. I actually put some futures on today. I put a future on the New York Rangers. Um, I put a future on the Carolina Hurricanes, and I put a future on the Florida Panthers. Um, so the odds on favorite right now to win the cup is Colorado Avalanche at plus 550. I think that's not high enough for me to put on. Um, but the interesting part is that Carolina is plus 1,400. That that's screaming to me. And then I also put uh ten bucks on Calgary at plus two thousand. Thanks for coming. They're buzzing right now. And then plus twenty eight hundred on the New York Rangers. I think New York Rangers are a legitimate contender. Do you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're so fun. When's the last time you watched them play? I don't watch the fucking New York Rangers play. Dude, they're fun to watch. And Lafreniere is finally getting to going a little bit. Yeah, I've, I've seen some highlights. Uh, Lafreniere, uh, where Lafreniere had some good, uh, some good goals, some good, uh, good plays. Thing is, though, like I've noticed about him, and obviously he hasn't really performed to his first overall draft pick, but um, he he needs wingers to play well around him, or else he's just not gonna, he's just not gonna perform. I'm, I might yeah. toss like. 
See, okay, I think they're the Rangers. I, I don't think they're better than Tampa or Florida. I agree, but it's also the playoffs. I, I don't think they get by Tampa. I'm not saying that I don't think anybody will get by Tampa. I don't think the Rangers could get by Tampa, whether they, that's the first round or the finals. Um, I don't think they would get by Tampa. Um, in the yeah. fuck, yeah. in the East, man, the East is hard. Like Anaheim's all of a sudden right up there. Trevor fucking Zegras. Holy shit. Yeah, he needs baby. to fucking relax. I want to call the trophy. Yeah, I know. If we don't unless, if we fuck, get unless, Roger unless Calder, oh, you know what? Because oh. I want, because I want one this year, and I want one next year too. Yeah, I want a back to back, and maybe a back to back to back. Yeah, with uh, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard, can you imagine? I honestly, if we get Connor Bedard, if you told me that right now, like, hey, we're gonna get Connor Bedard, I'd be afraid. I, I, I think I'd be like, oh, that's probably not good. Right now, I just want like Brad Lambert. Looking at that, that's too far ahead. We're not gonna be that bad. Yeah, no. The, uh, if we are, then right, right some... now, right <laughs> now, I just lick my chops at Brad Lambert. Yeah, I'm very, very, very happy with Brad Lambert. If we get him, that would be like that would cap that off would be like my year. like fuck yeah. Oh, I'd get a Lambert jersey immediately. Yeah, I'll be getting. I gotta continue with the trend. I gotta get whoever we draft, but hopefully it is Lambert. I'd love yeah, it. You might, you might have jersey. to get a new Raymond. Yeah. Wait, is there another Raymond prospect? No, but if, oh, doesn't, change, if doesn't change his number. Mm-hmm. And then Edvinson too. I like, and I said to you, I, I just, I, just, uh, your Edvinson's number eight, right? Yeah. He's yeah. number seven. I think I, I, yeah. Um, I, I want him to be seventy-seven. Just because I think that's a badass number for that's a, fucking, a sick number for a defenseman. You can right? only and wear seventy-seven. Like a big guy. I was gonna say you have to be big and a defenseman to wear seventy-seven. Well, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, no. Jeff Carter wears seventy-seven, and uh, Pierre Turgeon was a forward. He wore seventy-seven too. But um, yeah, the defenseman. When you think about it, like Paul Coffey, Ray Bork, yeah, uh, you know these guys yeah, are it's... wearing fucking seventy-seven. Yeah. Um, but for people that don't know, I have a Lucas Raymond jersey. I, I buy all the first round draft picks the night of the draft. And like whatever number jersey they played, like in juniors or overseas, whatever it is, I that's the number I get. So most stuck with 53, thank God. Zina's got 11 still. And then my Raymond jersey's 18, my Edmondson jersey's 8. So um, Raymond's already lost. He's not going to switch back, but hopefully Edmondson's 8 still. Yeah, I don't think Raymond will go. Um, and that's probably because Stahl could be back again next year. Oh, fuck. I forgot about Stahl. You know what, though? Do you think that Stahl comes back? I think there's a good possibility that he could. Yeah, so we have three UFA. Letty, Letty comes back if he doesn't get traded. Hopefully. Um, Danny oh, yeah, for a huge discount. The Kaiser is done unless he wants to go play in Grand Rapids. I'm okay with that. I've said yep. that a hundred times. Mm-hmm. I agree, too. Mark Stahl. Because he can he, play hockey. He just can't play it at the NHL anymore. He could probably go overseas, too, and make a bag over there, like in Sweden or, like, Russia. I, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. But, but he's got a young family. Oh, true. Like he's got a, you know, like, like I know Wit went over to the KHL, but I don't think he was married yet. I think he was actually. 
I, I, I don't think I think he was with her, but I don't think they were married. Um, I'd be right, yeah. But yeah, like I don't think you go over to, you know, if you get a kid in that. I mean, maybe I know Abdulkader went over, but that was just for a year, and his his wife is uh, successful in whatever she's done too. So they, you know, they probably took the kid and went over to um, to Switzerland and lived in Switzerland. That'd be a nice place where you could take your family and yeah. for a year or two. Uh, I wouldn't be, uh, hey, well, hey, honey, let's take the kids to go to Russia. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Can you imagine how that talk would go? Honey, you can make three and a half in the KHL, get some Russian gas. It'll be a great time. You can go. See ya. Yeah. yeah. See ya. I would see be like, and if she was like, oh, that's exciting. I'd be like, you ain't coming because these kids yeah, ain't yeah. fucking coming. Like if you don't got kids, okay, honey, you want to come. That's fine. But uh, I'm not responsible if, you know, I go to jail because there's a drive-by shooting and I get pinned because uh, I signed with the wrong team and apparently I'm a monster now. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I was going to ask, would you go if it wasn't for St. Petersburg or Moscow? I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'd want to go for Moscow. I don't want to be uh, – You'll be no a king. Fucking... Like, you'd be a king, though. Like, they treat those guys like royalty. Well, okay. Not if uh, – like, maybe if you're Panarin or Radulov or something. Well, not, not if Panarin. You're, not if you're a – well, okay. Not Panarin. <laughs> yeah. But not you're if you're Malkin a North American you. player like that needs to go over to the KHL. Yeah. Like by the time that you need to go over to the KHL, you're not, nobody cares about you anymore. No offense to the those guys that they, you know, but I mean, people aren't, oh my God, Ryan Whitney's here. Speaking but, of guys. Uh, I don't are... think, but no, I don't think, sorry, I, to finish my thought, I don't think I'd want to be in Moscow because, uh, uh, like, I'm a big conspiracy, like, uh, not, not a wacko conspiracy theory, but I like to go yeah. down rabbit holes and shit. Dude, I'd be like walking or hanging around the Kremlin and shit, and I'd probably get killed. They'd be like, this guy walks by the Kremlin every day at this time. And Putin would like snipe me or something. I swear to God. <laughs> um, speaking of guys who went over there, is is Dotsik still playing? He's still playing, right? Oh, he's not playing this year. Not playing this year. But like up until last year, he was still putting up points, which is fucking nuts. He put up 35 and 51 games last year. Jesus Christ. Good for him. Yeah, that was just the play. So he just played in the playoffs. It looks like I'm looking at uh, elite prospects. No, last year he played 51 games in the regular season. Oh, oh, there, there you go. Yeah, I see. Three points in the playoffs, five games. Got it. How old is he right now? Like 45, 43. What a legend. Yeah, yeah it'll be 44 hey, at the end. Same birthday as uh, Shane Wright. Is, is he really? Yeah. Just 40 years apart. <laughs> Well, 25. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm kidding, but yeah. Um, gambling quarter that we can wrap. Uh, tonight's game. Oh, I remember. Uh, just because you said that, I remember. Uh, say there was uh when Canada won the gold at the Olympics, and there was like uh in 2002, there was like a video they made uh that they put out called like Gold Rush or something. But um, Eric Brewer was on the a Red Wing defense, or uh, not a Red Wing, a Canada defenseman. He played for uh. Edmonton at the time, and uh, he was like 19, and Alan McInnes was like 41, and they were like on the uh, on the bikes, like working out. And, the, and McInnes is like, "How old are you, Brewer?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm 19." And McInnes is like, "Oh, baby, I got over 20 years on you." That's <laughs> and it was just like, wild. man, that's just wild that you know he was in the NHL before uh, before Brewer was born, and now Brewer's like, that's 
And to think like, you know, somebody like Al McKinnis and it's like, uh, you know, I just sit next to this guy every day. <laughs> and like Brent Burns right now, like with the rookie, he's got 23 years on those guys because he was he was drafted in 97. Right. Same with Chara. Oh, Thornton, not Brent Burns. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Thornton. Oh, speaking. Did you hear about Marlowe's kid almost getting kidnapped? No. What the fuck? Yes. Patrick Marlowe's son, the day after Christmas. Um, hold on a second. Let me bring it up, man. 12-year-old son, Brody Marlowe, I believe. Jesus, that's scary, bro. Yeah. Does he live in Canada? Uh, uh, no, I think they live in California. But, okay, it says, um, yeah, Patrick Bullo's 12-year-old son, Brody, was almost kidnapped at a hotel pool on December 27th. Um, and his wife, Christina, posted, our son was almost kidnapped tonight. I need to thank the Heedlam family from Louisiana, the mother, Jessica, and the father who saved Brody from a couple who were following our son. Brody had gone down to the pool to grab his sunglasses because he had forgot them. A woman started following him around, asking him a bunch of questions. She was getting closer and closer. She was soon reached out to for his wrist, trying to get him to go with her, her and her partner. The Heedlam family saw this happening and saved him. I owe them a thank you. I can't even describe. Whoa. When, Bro- when Brody called me, we rushed at Patrick and I rushed down. When I saw the woman who tried to grab him at the bar, I thought Patrick was going to lose it. I let her know <laughs> that the cops had been called and security was watching her. Meanwhile, Mrs. Heedlum, unbeknownst to me, was already calling the police. Thank you so much. You both are angels on earth. And for the scumbags that think they can prey on innocent children, there's a special place in hell for you bastards. Wow. <laughs> so That's just, um, yeah, um, uh, you know, I'm glad that there was somebody there to intervene because that's, uh, I just, I get disgusted when I think that, you know, a family losing a child um, and not, you know, and just not knowing, you know, it's one thing to lose him to, to lose a child to a car. And I don't know, I don't have children and I had never had children, but you know, you lose a child to a disease or to an accident, a car, you know, whatever it may be as opposed to, Oh my God, he's just gone. And we don't know if he's okay or if he's even alive. Yeah. That I think is even worse when you just, well, I think it's, yeah, it's way worse because you have no closure. You just don't know. Yep, that is, that is fucked. Um, all right, you want to do these two games real quick and then we'll uh, get out of here? Yep. All right, Edmonton, Toronto. Uh, Toronto's a heavy favorite with the McDavid news. They're minus 301. Uh, the over's at six. That's probably the best play in my book. It's minus 125. No defense on that ice um, on the Edmonton side. Um, no McDavid. I think gold is like, flow, is nurse out for Edmonton? Um, I think he's back now. I mean, that's like the all they've got right now. Him and Keith like and Keith ain't really uh, doing a whole lot. Well, he can't even, well, I guess he can skate, but yeah, he's not really, um, yeah, he's back. Nurse is back. Um, Toronto's buzzing though. So, I mean, take that over. I like the goals there. Edmonton has no defense and no goalie. Um, the other game, St. Louis versus Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh is a slight favorite at minus 136. I like St. I like, uh, Louis here, money line. I know Pittsburgh's playing well. Um, they're in St. Louis. And I, I, I don't know. I like that. And the under as well. So under and then uh, St. Louis money line, my place. Yeah, I like St. Louis, man. St. Louis is a good team. 
Yep, plus money too. So take that to the bank. Oh yeah, Edmonton's without Russell, Barry, Clefbaum, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins. True. Yeah, so that over is going to hey, hit. Seidel, how are your shoulders? Yeah, that over is going to hit just on uh, Toronto's side. They're going to score six goals tonight. Mike Smith, gonna... is back. Mike Smith is back in net. That's one. Does could that be a really plus. even matter, could, though? Could, could. It could. He can. He has potential to steal games now and then. I'm going to put 20 bucks on that right now. You just sold me on that. Um, and then the St. Louis-Pittsburgh game. What do you like the over or under? It's set at six as well. Um, well, sorry, one second. Oh. I accidentally hit an ad on my thing and a whole other thing opened up. And, and now it's all fucked. Now the Russians are going to come get you. I hope so. <laughs> um, I like St. Louis in the game, but um, yeah, St. Louis. And what did you say it's at? Six goals total? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Six goals can get scored in that game. You think so? I like the under. Yeah. You like the under? Mm-hmm. They're both playing pretty well. Good goaltending because Jari's playing well now. Jari's not playing tonight. The Smith is. Oh, God. Okay. Fuck me then. God, maybe the over. Maybe the over hits then. And I don't know if Bennington's playing either. Okay. Look at the over. All right. Uh, anything else? You want to wrap it up? Okay. It says Bennington's expected. Expected. Okay. Uh, yeah. We. I guess that's about all I had. Yeah. Perfect. All right. We'll get this out tonight. See you, boys. Oh. Um, oh. Luongo, Briere, and Matthew Darsh are the three candidates for Montreal's vacant general manager's position. Hold on, Briere. Roberto Luongo, Danielle Briere, and Matthew Darsh. I don't know who that is. Um, he used to play in the NHL. Um, I remember him, but give me a second. I would like Luongo. I don't really. I don't know like what they've done after their careers. Though, to be honest with you, Luongo has just kind of stayed silent in uh, South Florida. Danny Briere owns the Maine Mariners and got them going in the East Coast in the ECHL. Oh boy. Um, Matthew Darsh played retired in after the 2011-12 season. He played uh, 12 years in the NHL for Columbus, Nashville, San Jose, Tampa, and okay, Montreal. So okay. Yep. 45 your, years old, young guy. I don't know. What What do you think? Who get Who gets that? I don't know. I don't. I don't see Luongo leaving South Florida to go back to Montreal. He's actually, you know what? Now that you're saying it, he's like kind of active on social media too. Yeah, he's uh, uh, Stromboli or whatever. Yeah, Stromboli. Yeah, I would probably guess Briere. Yeah, that's who Did I would guess. Coach? Briere, Briere or Darsh. Um, Danny Briere, no. Unless I mean, maybe in the ECHL or whatever that uh, where he owns his team or somewhere lower than that, but not in the NHL. Oh, there's a report in june that he was unlikely to join the coyotes coaching tree so i don't know if he'd make that jump from not coaching with the flyers to being the gm of the most powerful team in hockey well 
GM and coaching are two different. Very different, right? Yeah, no, he never, uh, he never coached. Um, we should also say that we got to start doing uh, Twitter spaces for games in between periods. If it's like a good game, it's a fucking shit game, then nah. But the good game, yeah, last night was good. I was buzzing last night for it, dude. Red Wings Twitter was fun last night. I had a great time. Yeah, it was. It's funny because sometimes like Red Wings Twitter is like kind of dead, and other times it's like so electric I can't get off of it. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was kind of just uh, laying around last night uh, watching the game and yeah, kind of being active on Twitter a little bit. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap her up. All right, sounds good. Uh, right, I did want to talk nice. to you about a couple things after we're recording. All right, let me stop it then. Hold on. <laughs>